Thank you, band, for leading us in that time of worship. I trust that you are encouraged. And I wonder if you've ever sent a text to somebody asking them how their day was, and they responded back to you with this. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had one of those days where you feel like this picture just sums up how it was. But in our series right now called Mood Swingers, we're talking about those ups and those downs, the times where we feel like things are great, but man, it can quickly shift to where things feel terrible. And sometimes at the end of the day, when someone asks us how it was, our response is, I just feel dead right now. The, the skull emoji is something that's used in some generations a little bit younger than mine, sure. But I understand that there's a feeling that we all get sometimes where we just feel like I am depleted right now. I am burnt out because we are all moving at a very significant pace. And one category of people is really at risk for this, maybe even more than most. And that's moms. And I know we have some amazing moms right here. Moms, they do so much for their families and we wanna celebrate and thank them today. And today's message, I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you, but I believe it's for much more than just moms. But today we wanna talk about how, how does someone even as busy as a mom beat burnout? Because there's so many things that are weighing uh, on their shoulders. And so how do they survive this? And I want to tell you, moms, I think that you guys are like Olympic athletes in so many ways. I mean, first of all, you deserve to have a medal. Like, you absolutely do. I know you guys work so hard just constantly when we're not even thinking about it. Some of you guys might even feel like you only get thought about once every four years, even though the work never stops. But I'm going to tell you, all year long, you're our hero. But today, we, we definitely think about you and we celebrate you today. And I think one of the things you have in common with Olympic athletes is that it's, a study was done on them and 60%, 60% of people who have trained and competed at the Olympics have said at some point in their career, they experienced what would be described as burnout. Where this thing that they love, that they've made a career out of, that they've poured their life into, they've reached a point where their passion has led them to where they have just felt like they're burnt out. And there's this truth that this passion that can consume your life can actually devour your life if it isn't kept in balance. And I know that, that moms and, and grandmothers and so many of us, we can become so busy with everything that we reach this point where we feel like, I'm just exhausted. I don't have any more to give. I, I, I've been burning at this for so long that I feel burnt out. And today, in today's message, I wanna give you some thoughts to help you. And we're gonna study some scripture. And today's scriptures that we're studying there, there's some symbolism in it, and, and I'm going to try to make simple some of these things that are complicated, but I believe it's going to be helpful and encouraging to your heart today. I want to start with a picture to help illustrate a thought to you. Uh, there's times where your car needs oil, but this is not the right way to do it. And if you're looking at this picture and you don't understand what's going on or what's wrong, first of all, that, that looks to be some sort of canola oil or olive oil, but that is not the oil that you put into your car. <laughs> if your car light comes on and it says that it needs oil, you need to be particular about what kind of thing you put in it because just like gasoline or other areas of your car, what you fill it with does matter. And the same is true in our life. What we fill our life with matters because it's even 
either going to help us to continue and go onward, or it's going to cause us to burn out prematurely. And we're starting here in this first thought, and I'm going to put this on the screen, that says, fill yourself with the right fuel. Because when we talk about the issue of burnout, and as we look and we study this passage of scripture that we're going to get to in just a moment, I think one of the issues of why we feel so burnt out is because we've been filling ourselves with the wrong fuel. Now look, I understand, and you understand, if you've ever ordered coffee and someone brought you decaf instead of regular, you're like, hey, this won't, this won't get it done. This isn't going to get me through the day. Bring me the real stuff, all right? Not the decaf. Like, I need the right fuel in my system. But even bigger than coffee is what are we filling ourselves with that is supposed to empower us to go through the day and the callings and the difficulties and the challenges of this day? Because we have often tried to fuel ourselves with things that aren't designed to be fuel. And in fact, just within your understanding of yourself, I feel like I have to start at this very basic point. 2 Corinthians 5.1, it talks about our bodies as being a tent. Like we have this body that's temporal and we're going to put it off one day. You are a soul with a body, not a body with a soul. The most true thing about you is the fact that you have an eternal nature called a soul. And it's precious, it's important, and it guides the way that your body works and that your life goes. And I bring that up because your soul is so incredibly important. We've often tried to fix things in our body to fix the aching in our soul. And no matter how much we try to make our body be better or more emotionally healthy, if we don't get what's going on in our soul right first, nothing we do in our body is going to really fix the pain that we feel. And if we don't care for our soul, the things that we feel in our body, our emotions, our physical health, all of that will feel incredibly out of control if first we don't address the health of our soul. And you know, some people might say America runs on Dunkin' or runs on coffee, but I'm going to tell you, we as Christians need to run on the power of God. The work of the Holy Spirit in our life, what he's done to restore our soul, that has to be our starting point. Anyone who's ever flown on an airplane, you've heard the attendants say, in case of emergency, oxygen mask will fall from the ceiling. And if you have children traveling with you, put yours on first. And after enjoying a brief moment of quiet out of your child, put that on them as well. Like there's this truth that you're supposed to take care of yourself so that you can take care of your child. There's a truth that if you don't take care of your soul, if you don't take care of the most true part of who you are first, your physical body, your family, your relationships, your children, you won't be able to give them the best that you could give them if you don't first take care of your soul. And so rather than figuring out the right coffee, the right exercises, the right clothes, the right makeup, the, the right job, the right friends, before all of those things that are supposed to improve your life, that you think you would be happier if you just got that right, if you could just get into that size dress, then things would be better. I'm going to tell you the first thing that needs to be healthy is your soul. Because even the people that I've known who've lost incredible amounts of weight, they told me I was surprised when I got down to my ideal weight because I still wasn't happy. You've got to fix what's going on inside of your soul first. And as we do that, as we run on the right fuel, I'm going to tell you all of those other things get corrected. 
Your soul will pull your body into line of health because you can't be close to God without saying, the way that I treat my body matters. My health matters because he has given me stewardship of this temple. And so we start with the soul. Now today's passage that we're gonna get into, we're gonna really study three different passages and it has this theme through them that is incredibly interested and I'm gonna tell you the first one's a little complicated so hang with me through this and this is found in the book of Exodus chapter 27 in verse 20. We're gonna put these words up on the screen and it says, command the people of Israel to bring you pure oil of pressed olives for the light to keep the lamps burning continually. The lampstand will stand in the tabernacle in front of the inner curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant. Aaron and his sons must keep the lamps burning in the Lord's presence all night. Now, first of all, a couple of historical things for you to know. The tabernacle was this tent. It was considered the tent of meeting. It was a promised place where the presence of God would show up for his people. And Within that, there, were, there was different levels and there was one centered place where the Ark of the Covenant was and that's where the presence of God was at this time. And right outside of that first curtain, there was a lamp that was there and there's some symbolistic meaning within it and this lamp was supposed to light up the entryway to the presence of God and that is what they're calling the people to provide oil for. And there's this beautiful symbolism in it that we're gonna see and we're gonna study through this. But the, the concept was, okay, within this last curtain where the Ark of the Covenant was, where the presence of God, right outside of that one curtain, there is a light, there's a lamp that lights the way and the people are commanded to bring this specific kind of pressed oil to keep that lamp burning all day long, all night long, all of the time. Okay, so there's some of the, the general pieces of it in this passage, it describes the use of the oil for the lamp, but oil throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament was, was considered something that was incredibly valuable and it had a lot of different purposes. Throughout scripture, oil is one of the things that's used to symbolize the Holy Spirit. Even today, when we pray for someone, we anoint them with oil as a sign of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that that's supposed to illustrate is our prayers are not about our power touching you, but about the Holy Spirit touching you. The Holy Spirit has been identified as this source of power and within a lamp, it's what continues to make it burn. Because if you burn a lamp without oil, what happens is the wick burns up and it stops working and it, stop, it stops even being usable. So this lamp was supposed to be right there leading the priest into where the presence of God was. And there was this concept of provision coming from the people for the light that was necessary to be there. Now look, when we look at the way the New Testament describes the church, the church is supposed to be a light to the world. This church is supposed to take this light that Christ has given us and let it shine, not hide it under a basket, but let it shine for all people to see so that by this light, they would see the way into the presence of God. This was a highly symbolistic passage and this oil, there were some special things about it that I want you to see. First of all, it's described in the, the passage as being pure oil of pressed olives. And this is something that as we read it, I understand, man, it flies right over our head because we aren't making much olive oil at home on our own. But I want you to see this because there's some New Testament connections to it that we're gonna look at and you have to see the difference. The easier way to make olive oil was to take it and put it in a mill where a large stone would be connected to, to a donkey through a yoke and it would 
turn, it would walk in circles, and that stone would roll and it would just crush the olives. And it would crush them all up, it would make the most oil the most quickly, but within that there would be pieces of the olive, pieces of the pit, and other contaminants from the stones that would be mixed into the oil and it would be impure. What's being requested and told that this is the commandment of, of what's supposed to be inside the lamp was hand beaten, or, or bruised, as you'll read in some translations. And what they would take is they would take a mortar and they would put the olives in and they would put pressure on them and they would bruise them. They would press them, but they wouldn't crush them. And this would bring out the most pure and the most abundant oil. And it was considered the best oil. It was what was used that when you put it into the lamp, it wouldn't burn out quickly, but it would be able to burn all through the night. And this was the oil that every time when the Hebrew people would make oil from olives, this first batch of oil that would be pressed but not crushed, that was always considered to be used by the house of God. So that that oil would be brought into the tabernacle and it would be put into the lamp that was on the lampstand. And we don't think about lampstands too much. And I'm actually going to talk some about lampstands next week from the book of Revelation. I'm going to tell you, I'm pumped up about that message. Don't miss it next week. But the lampstand was there to elevate the lamp so that its light would shine even further. And this is something that God does with the church that is filled with his presence. He elevates them to give them influence and power within a community. And this is all a picture that's within this. And it draws back to the individuals, the people of the nation, and it can be applied to the church, that each one of us are supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That, that we are supposed to come to church not needing to be refilled, but all already filled up in the church. When we gather together, we should have a spark, and there should be a fire, and we should be a light, and it should light people's way into the presence of God. Now, in Exodus, the, the way that that oil was made was slow, it was difficult, it was a picture of pressure, and what is applied to olives in the Old Testament, you're gonna see that as we move to the New Testament, within that symbolism, that it's almost how God works in our life. I mean, we actually see in, in the life of Jesus, him, him talking about the, the pressure and the weight that he felt. We, we see applied to the church and the Apostle Paul's experience that we're, we're pressed but not crushed. And, and it draws back to this same line of illustration that's used in oil. And, and as we get into this next passage that, that connects within thought, there, there's this truth in our experience that I want you to see. And it's number two, that, that we need to expect pressure to be present. And I say, when it comes to dealing with burnout and difficulty and feeling exhausted, we first start with, okay, one of the ways that we fix that is we make sure that we have the right fuel in us. That, that it's the, the Holy Spirit that's at work in us that's giving us the strength for the day, not the coffee, not, not the idea that will fit into an image, but the right thing is fueling our actions. But as we enter into our day, I think that it's realistic that we enter it saying, you know what? There's gonna be pressure. There's gonna be pressure present in my day. God is not going to allow me to escape the, thing, the feeling of things being difficult. 
that, that if it's been difficult this far, that you know what? Apparently God wants to use these challenges and these trials to do something in my life and I should expect it ahead of me. It's not always gonna come easy and in fact, the evidence of the blessing of God in your life isn't that things come easily, it's that God gives you the strength and the ability to endure those situations and he uses that endurance to create greater things in your life. And so I wanna show you this passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse eight. And this is the Apostle Paul writing and he describes their experience in ministry where he's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. Now listen to me, he is doing the right things. He, he is seeing the church flourish. He is seeing God work miracles. He's living life the way that he's supposed to according to God's standard. And he said, this is what our experience has been. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Can you go back to verse eight for just a minute here? I want you to see this. We are pressed, but we're not crushed. And in your experience and how you're feeling right now, I want you to hear from the word of God that if you feel like the pressure is immense, that it, it might be. It might be incredibly difficult right now, but I believe that God is gonna keep you from being crushed. You might feel perplexed. You might not understand why, God, are you allowing it to happen this way? But I'm gonna tell you, one of the signs of the Holy Spirit being around and being involved is even when you're perplexed, you're not in despair. And God provides us the comfort of knowing that he is at work in this. And so even though things will feel like, man, the pressure is difficult, we should walk into our days with the expectation that things aren't gonna come easy today. But God is gonna provide what I need to endure it today. He is gonna provide the strength. He's gonna provide the comfort. He's gonna have the church come around me and help hold me up. He's gonna give me opportunities to, to walk other people through difficulty that we are going to experience pressure as we live our life. And that's okay. That's not a sign that you've been doing things wrong. The garden where Jesus was praying the night before he was crucified is called Gethsemane. And that word actually means the place for pressing oils. And this is not by accident. And in fact, there's so much symbolism and meaning within the whole experience there. Because what we see in the Gospel of Luke chapter 22, that as Jesus was right in the center of God's will, where he had called him to be, he felt the weight of the sin of the world pressing on his shoulders. And while he was there praying, Luke 22 actually says that he was sweating like drops of blood. The pressure was immense, the pressure was real. The pressure needed to be there because it was part of the process of what Jesus had to walk through. And, and, and I just bring all that up because you know what? Especially talking to the moms today, what you're doing is difficult. Raising good little human beings, it will take all of you. Being a good wife, it will take you pouring your life out for someone else. And it's true for husbands as well. The challenges, the challenges that you face are difficult. I know for single people as well, there are incredible challenges and pressures on your shoulder. 
But I'm gonna tell you, from God's plan, the way that he's worked through his people, through the Messiah, through the church and the, the New Testament, we see continually that he did not allow us to escape the pressures that were felt, but that he used them in our life to create, to press something out of us that was incredibly valuable. The book of Isaiah in chapter 53, verse five, it speaks of the Messiah that was to come and it says, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds, we are healed. Jesus experienced the crushing, but we experience the pressing. God will not allow us to be crushed, but he will allow us to be pressed because what that does is it brings something out of us that we didn't see was there. And if you're experiencing that pressure, I believe it's because God is leading you towards something that you don't yet possess, that, that you don't have. And he's going to use these experiences that are difficult, that would be, ex that would be described as trials and struggles, that he's gonna use these to produce something that is valuable in you. I'd compare this to the way that growth works with exercise and working out. When people ask me about exercise, I say, yes, I exercise, and it's kind of like a near-death experience. I do it, and I feel like I'm going to die. And at the beginning of it, I feel like, man, I don't know that I can do this. But I call back to memory the other times that I've exercised. You know what? I've run two miles before, and because of that, I know that I have enough strength to get started. And because I've gone that far before, I know that I can probably push it to two and a half miles this time. I can call back as I'm doing something that is difficult and challenging and I feel like it's taking all of my strength and all of my energy. When I think back to other things that I've gone through, I can call that back to say, you know what? I know that I can get through this because of what I've already done and experienced. And I know that as you walk with God through difficult times, that first of all, he's strengthening you for what's ahead because things they get harder sometimes. And when we call back the memories of God's faithfulness, it gives us the strength that we need for those times. But God also uses that for other people where we say, you know what? I know God can see you through whatever it is that you're experiencing because God has seen me through this. He never leaves, he never abandons, he never forsakes us. He will allow us to be pressed, but he will not allow us to be crushed. And so in the middle of the pressure, in the middle of the trial, in the middle of the difficulty, I know this is a hard perspective to have, but it is a clarifying one if you can hold onto it. To be able to say in the middle of that trial, to say, you know what? I know that this pressure is not without purpose. I know that God is going to take this and he's gonna use it. And I'm gonna say it this way for number three. We need to allow pressure to create perseverance. In the midst of those challenges, we need to say, you know what? I, I feel the difficulty right now, but God, I know that you never waste a wound. I know that when I'm going through this, that you're going to create something beneficial out of it. And this interjects hope in the middle of that. To, to you know, use the exercise illustration, I know that by going through the pain of exercise, that it's gonna make me stronger and healthier. I know by going through the difficulty of this situation, it's gonna make me healthier and stronger if I give it to God. But here's the thing, we can walk through trials and difficulties and never learn a lesson because all we do is moan and complain and try to escape what God is trying to do in our heart. And so we need to, in the midst of whatever it is that is pressing on us, say, okay, God, what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to create out of this? And it interjects hope. It interjects faith in the middle of those difficulties where we can say, even now I see God's hand at work. 
Even now in this feeling, I can see that God is going to create something out of us. And I say that not just from my own experience. I'm going to tell you, Scripture points at it this way. In Romans chapter 5, verse 3, we're going to put this on the screen. And it says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems. I, I just want to hang out there for a minute. We can rejoice too when we run into problems. I, I think my wife might quote this whenever I get home from work at the end of the day. It, it's her way of smiling through seeing me coming back to the house. But you know, just we can rejoice too when we run into problems. Why would we ever react that way? Why would we say, okay, there's a problem, there's a trial in my life, why would we rejoice? Because Paul is so filled with hope He's so filled with faith. He's so filled with trust for God that he says, for we know that they help us develop endurance. We're gonna stay here for just a minute. This is a mindset. This is a heart set. This is, this is part of our faith in the way that we see the world. That whenever problems come up, whenever things get difficult, our response isn't to complain our response is to rejoice. Because you know what? If I walk through this, God is gonna use this pressing to create something out of me that is valuable. The same way that, that we would press olives to make oil, God is going to use this pressure and he's gonna create something out of me that is gonna create endurance. And it doesn't just stop there, go on to the next passage. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Now look at this. This mindset of saying, okay, I'm going to see the problem. I'm going to see the trial and the challenge as something that I would rejoice about because it's going to develop endurance. But endurance doesn't stop there. Endurance develops strength of character. And so what does that mean? That means when trials and difficulties come, I'm not going to be pushed around by the waves of what's happening around me because my character has developed into something that's so strong that it can withstand someone else's criticism. It can withstand the pressures and the difficulties that I walk through. My character has been strengthened because of the trials that I experience. And you know this because you get stronger when you go through something. It's not the easy times where everything comes easily where, where we get stronger. Marriages, they strengthen when you go through something that's difficult. Your body, it strengthens when you put it through difficult exercises. And your faith will show the same thing. That, that your faith will get stronger and your character will get stronger as God allows you to walk through difficulties. And then character strengthens our confident hope of our salvation. The way that we ultimately trust God that he is going to deliver everything, he's going to do what he's promised to do, that he is going to put everything in its proper place in re regards to justice, th this idea of salvation, he's going to have the final say. And, and our confident hope of that, that we don't have to get our own revenge, we don't have to make things right, that God is going to do it. it it's all built from that, but all of this is built upon walking through difficulties. And go into verse five, and this is beautiful. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Uh, I, we're going to get through the rest of this passage, but to just stop. All of this hope that is built on top of walking through a difficult time. You're not going to be disappointed. If you trust in God through it, if you're going to trust that he's going to use this, you're not going to be disappointed by the way that God uses it. For we know how dearly God loves us. Isn't that good news? 
God hasn't left you when things get difficult. And in fact, because he so dearly loves you, he walks through it with you. He dearly loves you. And one of the evidences, one of the down payments we have of knowing that is true, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Now, this is the proof, this is the seal, that, that when we come to Christ in faith, he gives us the Holy Spirit as a seal of the promise of salvation, that God has done what he has said he's gonna do and he's gonna continue to do it. And what that Holy Spirit does in our life, listen to me, there's so many people that have been around the church so long and they will say, you know, I'm a Christian. They will say that, that God is a part of my life, but this appears to be missing and that is a huge issue. And so if the Holy Spirit is there, what does he do? He fills our hearts with his love. This is so critically important. It's a sign of the presence of the Holy Spirit if our heart has been filled with his love. And I think that one of the things that happens to so many of us is that we start to get burnt out and it's like the, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the tangible proof of, of seeing, okay, the Holy Spirit's in that person's life. The number one proof the Holy Spirit's in someone's life is love is there. And when we get burnt out and we start doing things just out of our own strength, our, our, our own desires, our own needs, and we stop doing things God's way and we get burnt out and we appear to be this Christian who has no love, it's a huge issue and it's a terrible experience. And my concern is there's so many people listening to this message today, that's how they feel. They didn't recognize, you know, the reason I feel burnt out, the reason I feel terrible, the reason I feel depressed. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have pointed to the fact that the problem is that my soul doesn't feel like the Holy Spirit's love is just filling it. I've allowed the pressures and the stresses of today to, I've allowed them to push me around to where I try to solve my issues with another cup of coffee, with, with another show on Netflix, with something that I buy, with something that I consume, with something that I drink. And we've tried to solve our problems that way when the need isn't something that's happening in our body, it's something that's happening in our soul. And we need, and you need to experience the love of the Holy Spirit filling up your soul. You need it for the good times and you need it for the trials for sure. Especially moms, you guys have challenges and you have trials and you have difficulties and there's some seasons that are harder than other seasons and there's some experiences that they feel almost impossible. But I wanna tell you, God specializes on getting us through the impossible. Uh, I came across this story of a super mom. And I mean, I just, I think all moms are super moms, but this mom pulled off something incredible. This was actually back in April 9th, 1982. It was actually Good Friday in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Her son was outside in the driveway working on the su suspension of his car. And let me make sure I get the name of the car right because I know some of you guys won't be able to think unless I tell you. It was a 1964 Chevy Impala. Pretty, pretty nice classic car right there, 1964 Chevy Impala. About a three and a half thousand pound car. And as he was working on the suspension, the jack slipped and the car fell down on top of him. An 11 year old boy was nearby and went running into the house to get his mother. And the mom came running out to find her son trapped under the car. And there's just something about moms, isn't there? 
I mean, she grabbed a hold of the bumper of that car and she lifted it up four inches and called and she was a mom, so she kicked her son and said, get out of there. But he was unconscious due to the car falling on him. She had to hold that car up for five minutes while he was going to find help where they got the jack and they lifted the car back up. I'm gonna tell you, in the midst of that time where she's holding part of a three and a half thousand car up over her son, anyone would have understood if she said, I'm too tired, I need to let go, it's too much for me, it's too big for me. But her heart was too concerned about her son. Her heart knew what it needed to do. And even though anyone would have understood her giving up, there was no way that mom was giving up because the cost was too high. And I wanna tell you, you might feel like there's immense pressure on your marriage or on your family or whatever situation it is, but if you're willing to just say a prayer and do the best that you can, I can guarantee you, your heavenly father is gonna come alongside and strengthen you. Your heavenly father is gonna be with you through that trial. And as they got the son out from under the car and he came to and they checked him out at the hospital and he was fine, she attributed the fact that that happened to the prayer that she said and the fact that she knew others were praying for her even in that day. And this is what I want for you. I know your pressures are real, but I want you to know that even in the midst of it, God has not departed from you. But God will even have a purpose in it to show you his strength. But you have to depend on that strength. You have to allow that love from the Holy Spirit to fill your heart. I think this is how we beat burnout. I think this is how endurance continues to grow in our life. Is when in the midst of the difficulty, we say, God, I trust you that you're gonna use this. As we close this message out, I wanna give you one last thought that comes from the message paraphrase of the Bible in the book of James chapter one, verses two through four. And it's written this way. It says, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. When we are in the midst of the pressing and the pressure, we want to get out of it. And I think that those times show us where our faith is at. And maybe you look at where your faith is at right now and you say, I need to step forward. I need to do better. I need to allow the Holy Spirit's love to fill my heart so that it fuels me the way that a lamp is fueled by oil. I need the work of the Holy Spirit in me. And I'm gonna tell you, as a pastor, as a person, as a father, as a husband, when I start my days off, allowing the Holy Spirit to be the fuel for what I do, those are the days where no matter how difficult it is, I don't feel the burnout. I don't feel overextended because God's love is always enough. I wanna pray for you if you've been feeling burnt out, if you've been feeling stressed. I'm so glad that you're here today and listening and I believe that God wants to walk with you through that for a purpose. And let me pray for you now. Lord, I pray for each person who feels overextended, who feels empty, who feels hollow and feels burnt out. And I pray that they would sense a filling that comes only from you and only from the love of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that it would well up in them in a way that they would see their trials and their difficulties and that they would react to them with joy because they know that you're gonna use it. 
Help us to be so confident in you that when things get difficult, we're excited because we can't wait to see how you use this for your glory. And so Father, help us to operate not out of the strength of anything external, but out of the strength that that is inside of us because of your Holy Spirit. And we thank you that no matter how difficult it is, your promise is that your presence will walk with us. And we trust in that presence today and tomorrow and through our lives in Jesus' name.